All right, welcome back to another episode of J Crypto. Today we're joined by Hero. I'm going to explain in a minute who he is, kind of everything I know, and then Hero. If I miss anything, feel free to add at the end. Um, so basically, things that I know about you, Hero. You run a stake pool. You run a Twitter space, or you're a co-host to a Twitter space. But I think I've seen you as host before, so that's kind of where my confusion was. But we can get into that later. You love goats, like <laughs> goat tribe. Um, I love NFTs. NFTs is actually what I wrote down too. And then I also said today's flavor of the choice was an unsigned, unsigned algorithm. Is that what I saw on your Twitter? Profile? Probably, probably. Something like that. Okay. The the one I have on right now is an unsigned circle, which is a variation of the unsigned algorithms. Are they part of the same project? No, no. Um, when you bought an unsigned algorithm, you bought the copyrights to do whatever you wanted with it. So there's been a lot of spinoff projects from that. So oh. it's a spinoff project. Um, so you think that you have an ugly mug, but I disagree, man. <laughs> By just looking at That's you. just what I say. I, I, got, I got a face for radio, man. Face I think your man's bad. Uh, just by looking at that beard. I mean, come on. Um, my, my firemen buddies hate me because I can't go into a, to a fire because I have that. So, but I don't want to go in a fire. I'm old. I don't want to go into a fire anymore. So I respect that you're a fireman then. Um, a lot of Cardano projects, engineers to OGs of Cardano and just crypto enthusiasts from what I've observed, have a great deal of respect for you. Thanks, man. I'm, I don't, I don't consider myself an OG, uh, I'm just, I've been around for a while. It's just about time in the market. So how much time do you have in the market? I got into crypto early 2017. Um, I want to say it was like April, March of 2017. All so. right. Yeah. I got in around 2018 really, but that was pretty much because my age. <laughs> young. Yeah. I'm, I'm 41, 42. I don't know. I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> age is just a number. Yeah. But, um, all right, man. So I kind of just want to get into the stake pool stuff first. I have some other just general Cardano questions. Um, and then I also wanted to talk about, obviously, the fact that you run a Twitter space, what that's about. And I've gained so much information about that. So I definitely want to let my audience in on what that is and what's going on there. Cool. Yeah, definitely, man. So the first thing I wanted to talk about was the stake pool staking. And my first question was this, as a stake pool operator, it seems like in your Twitter spaces and the vibe I'm getting from you and the vibe I'm getting from Cardano, I'm realizing more and more as I get deeper into the community is it's not about just having your stake pool and promoting it. It seems like all you guys that have stake pools are saying, hey, look, we, we almost like need more stake pools. Is that correct? And why is that? Well, I don't know that, that we want to get over too many. I mean, we're running at 3,000 stake pools right now. Um, and the optimum, optimal number right now is only 500. That's what the parameter set for in Cardano. So the optimal number right now is 500 stake pools. Um, I believe in decentralization, though. So the more nodes that we can get up and running on the network, the more the network is protected. So even, even if you're running Deadless Wallet, if you run that, you're running a node on the network. So you're helping protect the network. So that's kind of why I help other stake pool operators is try to help decentralization. So would you like, if somebody wants to 
like if somebody wants to run a stake pool, are they like, and they have an influence, like somebody like me, a smaller YouTuber who's like kind of growing and whatnot. And if I was like to have all the right equipment, all the right specs and stuff, would that be like stepping on the toes of other stake pools or would that be generally a good thing? Like what's the balancing act there? How do you guys- I, enc I encourage you to do it. Right. Um, yeah. It's a competition. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's, it's a business and there's a business end to it, but I support other stake pools. Like that's just who I am, how I've, I'm driven. Um, I want to see the network succeed. Um, as far as me succeeding as a stake pool, that'll come by helping others. I know that. So that's my goal is to help others help the network and build community. That's kind of what I like to do. So for people that don't know about Cardano much or what we're talking about, how is a stake pool profitable for somebody like just the example, a smaller YouTuber who like has the right specs is trying to get crypto education out there. How could it be profitable for somebody? Like, how does that work and how do you make money? Cause it's not all about that. I understand, but just to explain like why this is happening and why well, the, it's an aspect of it. Right. I mean, making yeah. the money is an aspect of you have to make money to be able to afford the equipment, to afford the servers, to sort just your time you put into it because it is time consuming. So there has to be an aspect of a reward, right? That you wouldn't mind Bitcoin if there wasn't a Bitcoin reward. Right. So, um, well said. so kind of just to, uh, go back to, you know, um, can you repeat the question? I kind of got off, off of it there for a second. I apologize. <laughs> no, I like that. So how is a stake pool essentially profitable to somebody okay. that runs the stake pool and starts it? Sorry about that. I just kind of brought no. me back to why you would want to be doing it, right? Um, you want to be profitable. Uh, how is it profitable is you get people to delegate to you, right? So Cardano is a proof of stake, but it's actually a, a proof of delegated stake, which means people have to delegate their ADA or Cardano tokens to your stake pool when you reach a certain amount and it's like 1.2 million to create a block every epoch okay. however every even lower days. numbers yeah in epochs every five days and lower number amount of delegation you you have a chance because of the way that the system is built there is still a chance for you to create a block and if you create a block when when you're small like that the rewards are real big so, but how are you rewarded? Well, for creating a block successfully, you get the minimum fee as a stake pool operator, which is 340 ADA right now, which is a set parameter. No one can go below it. Some stake pools do do above that, but then what they'll do is change their margin fee to zero. So they won't get any of the margin fees that are taken off. Um, now, what the hell does that mean? Excuse my language. Oh, Swearing's okay on the <laughs> Okay. okay. I'm, you know, from the East Coast, I, I sling it sometimes myself. So. Well, prior to being in crypto, I ran a trucking company, so I got a trucker mouth. So um, kind of where I came <laughs> from. That's, hey, you're my kind of guy then. Yeah. So um, you get the 340, right? So that comes right off the top of all the rewards. And then you can set a margin fee also. Mine is 2.5%. So I get 2.5% of any remaining ADA in those rewards on top of the 340, it usually equals out for my pool to be about an extra 20 to 30 ADA of an epoch. 
So it's not like a significant amount. A lot of people look at that margin and it scares them when it's bigger than zero because there was a giant race for everybody to be at zero. That was kind of the marketing ploy last year. Oh, I'm going to set my feet at zero. Well, truthfully, when, when you do the math, there is a difference, but it's not significant. And why do I set mine at two and a half and not zero? Well, I donate 10% of all my rewards to first responders charities. Yeah. So that's why I use the two and a half is to try to raise money for the charity. So it's to, for me to get more money to them. And I do it based off all my rewards. So my pledge to my pool is a hundred thousand ADA, right? So I take the rewards from that also and put 10% of that towards the charity. Also some, some charity profit driven pools will tell you like 10% of the profit, but they're taking all their costs off first, you know, the server costs and, you know, their time costs me, I do it off of all the rewards. So it's 10% of all the rewards and then whatever's left over, I take in. Has it been profitable? Yes. Have I been putting a lot, a lot of time into it? 16 hours a day, probably, you know, between Twitter spaces and, you know, just working, marketing and, you know, business call, just working. Because I also, if I may interrupt, okay, so let me just backtrack real quick and just get that piece of information. So how big's your pool again? Right now, I am actually at, I want to say it's three point, or I'm sorry, four million, just over four million. However, I have the IOHK delegation bootstrap program, which is like 3.8 million. I am just around the 1 million mark if you take that away. Oh, okay. So you you look 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 confused, right? IOHK has a lot of Cardano, right? IOHK is the company behind Cardano, so they have a lot of it. So what they do is they delegate to pools like three million Cardano ADA every three months. It's to help smaller single pools and people who are building in the community try to get their pool up and running sufficiently. So it's kind of a bootstrap program. Okay, so. Let's just take that four million for an example, because that's like closer to what it is. And you're making how much ADA, and not counting how much you're like giving away to charity. Um, uh, well, I get I get the minimum fee of three forty, right? And, that, and just then up, to, that just goes to you essentially as a stake pool operator. No, no. Well, I I take yes, yes. The three forty comes to me, right? Yeah. And then I have a two and a half percent margin, and that changes based off of how many delegators I have, how many blocks I create. So last epoch, that was an additional, I want to say it was like 30 ADA. So I, I made 390 ADA in five days. Okay. And, for and running a pool. And how much of that are you, are you donating to chair to the first responders? It's 10% of that. So whatever the 10% number is. So like 40 ADA, an epoch kind of deal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I do it quarterly. So I take all my rewards for quarter. 10% of whatever that is, pay it to the charity. Which is, yeah, it stacks up quick. Yeah. ADA and, blows up then. All right, but ADA goes up in price, and obviously that could be very and I, I also take the highest price of ADA for the quarter. So like last quarter, ADA went up to like $3 and something, and then dropped back down by the end of the quarter. I took and did the donation based off of the highest price of ADA. Because I have to do the donation in US dollars, because yeah. they don't take take it so i just convert it and send 
Actually, I think the percentage was close to like 20%. I'd have to look at my numbers. I don't have oh, them in yeah, front of me. I'm just I donated. people a general idea of like what they yeah. could expect kind of deal. So that could, so 348 of per block, just going to the stake pool operator could be very profitable. Oh, not per block, that's per epoch. You don't get that for every block that you create, right? Every epoch. Right, no, I understood. I just okay. messed up the words, but. That's, that's fine, just because that could be confusing because you don't get 340, because sometimes you create five or six, some of the big pools do 70, 80, 100 blocks in epoch. That would be amazing. <laughs> You'd be yeah. rich real you quick. So for the audience, you can create multiple blocks per epoch too. Um, but obviously the more ADA that's in your pool, the higher chance you have of doing that. Correct. Okay, cool. So my next question was, and let me just make sure that you didn't cover it already. But, okay, so we've covered kind of, is it profitable? It can be. You got to kind of get up to that 1.2 million to basically be doing at least a block in epoch, you said? Yeah, it's... The hard, like running the pool isn't the hardest part. If I can do it, anybody can do it. I taught myself how to write Linux language, right? I took three months and sat down and taught myself how to do it, played around in the test net. So if I can do that end, anybody, anybody can do, right? It just takes time and learning, right? That's really, and the, and the people will help you in Cardano. The hardest part is getting delegation. It's so as simple as that. Marketing. So you have to have a marketing plan. Interesting. So that was kind of going into my next question, actually. It's like, I've seen on your website that you guys do some NFT giveaways. You're obviously a co-host on a, are you the, you're the co-host, but have you ever been the host? Like what's going on? I'm technically the creator there, right? Like me and Epoch Pool, we had been on a show called Epoch's End that ran every five days. And we just kind of were involved with the, the creators of it. And we talked on the show a lot. So me and him got together and said, hey, we should do this every day. The community needs it. So we're kind of co-creators. Me and him started it. We've added two more co-hosts um, just because his schedule and my schedule sometimes are really crazy. So, and we want to be consistent and have it every weekday. So that runs weekdays, Monday through Friday, 9.30 a.m. to 11.30 Eastern on Twitter spaces. And that's called Cardano Over Coffee. Yeah, I was about to plug that, absolutely. And by the way, um, or I'll, I'll ask you that later, but for best practices for, for growing a pool for somebody who's just starting, I mean, like, what, how do you think about that? Like, I, I think what I've observed is always intent usually gains traction, right? If you're trying to give back to the community more than you're trying to receive, it tends that those pools become the bigger ones and you're doing NFT giveaways. I've seen that as a creative thought to do. Um, what other things can people that maybe have a, a Twitter following, a YouTube following, a startup pool can also like play the balancing act of, okay, giving extra value to market, but not sacrificing like just to, just to get people into their pool by doing like, not saying that it's a bad thing to do NFT giveaways. I think it's a super swell idea. I think it brings people into the space, but also like what other things have you seen to really obviously Twitter spaces, but you can talk yeah. about anything that you're doing. Truth. Oops. What did I do? I think we, we see that your name is Brian Dill. <laughs> yeah, that is my name. I don't care about that. So everybody knows my name. I don't understand what I hit. Uh, you might've just hit your camera. No, um, my camera's fine. I didn't touch. I touched something on my keyboard, but I don't know what the hell it was. 
host disabled participant screen share. I don't want to share my screen. Let's see here. Oh, there you go. Sorry about that. We found you. Sorry about that. Can you repeat the question? I got sidetracked. <laughs> no, it's all good, man. Things like that happen. So just some other best practices for kind of growing a pool. Um, marketing. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, you got to watch the NFT Twitter giveaways. Um, you'll get a lot of bots. So like, if you're going to do that type of giveaway, you need to be very, uh, very selective in going through that and deleting the bots off so that they don't win the NFT first off. Um, so that's one trick that I'm going to give to you that I do. Like I spend time going through all any giveaways that I do and deleting and blocking the bots because if you get bots on your Twitter, they just swarm. So block the first one get away from it so one of the other away to the people that are delegating in your stake pool though I, I also do random just random delegator giveaways like and like it's that. it's yeah. random like i'll go into my pool pm and just randomly i do a random video uh with a random number generator i record it with a clock on it so no one can tell that i'm you know doing anything crazy yeah <laughs> and i'll and i'll just drop it on them in in my telegram say hey i gave a random nft away here's the winner go look in your wallet um, another thing that I do that I think is really uh, working well is every five epochs that you delegate to me, I had these hero fungible tokens made up, right? And they're a nice little fungible token, looks just like an NFT, but there's multiple of them. So difference between a fungible and a non-fungible token. Every five epochs that you delegate to me, I give you one. And then I have a very massive NFT collection. So I just randomly, every two epochs, go in, take one of my NFTs, and I put it up for auction in my Telegram and say, here you go. How many tokens do you want to bid on to win this NFT? So it kind of motivates the hero them. tokens that they're bidding with? Yeah, yeah, they're bidding That's with really the hero cool. tokens. Okay. And you just minted so. those like as what? Like, is that a cryptocurrency or is that an NFT? I mean, it's technically a, it's a it's a fungible token technically it would be considered a cryptocurrency um but it, ha it has no value like i don't consider it any value it's only good inside of my state pool so there's no value for it like you're not going to see it on a dex or anything like that you know what i mean yeah um, cool. the only way to earn it is in my state pool like a yeah. social token yep exactly yeah. um all right that's really awesome let's let's switch gears a little bit because i did want to discuss so again, I just want to plug Hero's show real quick because I've certainly gained a lot of value from it. And basically, Cardano Coffee. Uh, is it called just Cardano Coffee or was there anything? Cardano else? Over Coffee. Cardano. Because we like to drink, we like to talk about Cardano and drink our coffee in the mornings. That's like us kind of right now. I'm not sure where you are though. So I, I'm, I'm in. I'm outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Oh, cool. Yeah. So we have a similar time zone. Um, okay, so basically what I gained from this is I go on there. Now I don't I don't speak yet. Just because like I'm kind of come up shy. and talk anytime. I'm kind of shy sometimes. Yeah, how are you shy? You have a YouTube channel. Like I'm kind of <laughs> because I respect so much of like the some of the people in your show are just like OG, I feel like. And and I will speak, like I'm gonna challenge myself and try to speak on things. Cause sometimes I do have stuff to say, but your I opinion don't. is just as important as that person who's up <laughs> with me. So you're more than welcome to come up and I'll make you feel welcome. So I, I know you will. I know you will. I know you will hundred yeah. percent. But I like to be a little bit of a like the snake in the grass, just kind of observe when I first communities <laughs> because I don't wanna come out tone deaf. I feel like a lot of people feel like I do sometimes too. So, so that's great to know that this, you know, hero will make you feel welcome if you come up and speak. 
Um, one thing I did want to say about it is, and I tweeted this too, and I got a bunch of likes probably because your pool, your uh, Twitter space is so popular. For me, it got a lot of likes, but um, basically he has project owners. He's got OGs in crypto and Cardano. He's got developers. Uh, do you have a development background? You said that you saw, no, taught yourself. No. I taught I taught myself Linux to create my stake pool. I have no developer background. Epoch pool. Um, that's he's the developer end. Okay. Um, so he has a lot of the developer technical questions. I point to him. I know my stuff, but I'm horrible at explaining it. So <laughs> that's why I don't try tend not to answer those questions because I understand it. But for me to articulate it to someone else, it's it's going to get lost in the noise. So. So basically, you got project owners, you have um, these software engineers, you got some Cardano OGs, you got some Cardano enthusiasts. And I see you growing your personal brand. I, I think that that's awesome. I think you're doing it a really swell way. I admire the way that you're doing it. And one thing that I wanted to say first is how can people access your show? Do they have to be following somebody? Like, how do they, because I saw pop up i'm new to twitter space i just saw a pop up on my twitter so how do people access your show so right now the easiest way is to follow one of the hosts because we're going to tweet it out um twitter is in the process of making it easier to find twitter spaces for everyone like if you're interested in cardano twitter spaces they're, they're trying to create a search function i believe on the mobile on ios like if you just hit there's a button like right in the middle now you can go in there and search through Twitter spaces. But the easiest way is to follow whoever hosts or co-hosts it or people who attend it so that you see them retweet it or tweet it. That's kind of the only way right now. So after the show, I'll get uh, Hero, I'll get, you know, obviously I have your Twitter handle, but any other Twitter handles of people that host that show and I'll put them in the description so you guys can go check those uh, Twitter profiles out. Yeah, and there's a bunch of them, man. There's there's my show in the morning, Cardano Over Coffee. I have a show in the evening at 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We call that Cardano Nights. Um, that's Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Um, there's a show called Real Talk with Cinnamon Bun and uh, K-Dev. On Tuesday nights, to kind of take our slot, right? So two good guys, definitely uh, a good show. And then there's Epoch's End. Every five days at the Epoch's End, there's a Twitter space. So lots of Twitter spaces out there. If you want to get involved, if you, if you're not in, involved in Twitter in Cardano, it's, it's the happening place to be. It's definitely the happening place to be. And it's where I've gained some information about one thing I love about your show too, is you guys, I mean, you have, you have a diverse, you know, audience and they're all speaking too, which is great. And the thing that I love about it is um, when I hear about the challenges that the Cardano communities facing in fact let me just make sure i'm asking this right because i wanted to basically ask you what challenges is cardano kind of or hurdles is cardano kind of facing because i hear about this on the show and you guys should go just start tuning in because you'll osmosis it um like what are some of the technical and fundamental hurdles challenges that cardano is facing as like a plat or an ecosystem and like things that are being currently worked on, not necessarily like complete yeah. stop barriers. I've heard transaction wa- or wallets are growing, you know, things are clogging Absolutely. up, things of that nature. 
Yeah. Um, we actually went from 1 million to 2 million wallets in like a really short period of time. And prior to that, it took us forever to get to a million wallets. Like I've been around in the ecosystem since 2018 and all you could do was literally let your ADA sit in a wallet. Like there was no staking, there was nothing. So the biggest challenge for Cardano right now is tech currently we're only a level, we're a layer one solution with no layer two solutions. We're a layer one base, right? Very concrete base. But Plutus A is is a hard language for developers. So getting people into the Plutus programs to learn it so that they can develop on it is a challenge that Cardano faces. Um, but there's solutions for that. There's side chains coming. Uh, yeah, I've heard about that too, actually. Milk Media side chain by DC Spark. And I know there's other ones. That's just the one I think of off the top of my head. Um, so there's solutions for kind of the scalability issues that you you kind of were alluding to, I think maybe yeah. where, you know, when there's a 10,000 NFT drop, things go slow. But what happens is it slows the chain down, but you either A, get your NFT or B, you're refunded that you don't lose your fees like you would in some other chains, right? Um, so it slows the chain down. Now there's other solutions to that. You can increase block size. You can increase the time in between the blocks, make them faster. So there are challenges ahead of us, but there's also solutions to those challenges. Um, I think Cardano sometimes is its own biggest enemy because everybody wants everything right now. And that's not the Cardano way. Um, the Cardano way is rigorous research and make sure that it works. The Plutus backend is released on testnet now. So you're going to start to see some D apps being developed. Uh, that's yeah. So, that's and that will take time too. I always say on my channel, it's going to take some time, but that's great. Yeah. So the biggest challenge I think right now for Cardano is Cardano. Um, we're growing at such <laughs> a great pace. It's growing so fast and people, and, and, and yes. it's not even being like highlighted in the news that much, I feel like. So it's crazy. Like once you get inside and you see, cause uh, I'll just say this real quick and then I'll give it back. I'll toss the football back to you. Cause when I studied uh, Polygon and Binance Smart Chain, um, once I studied Ethereum, cause I play in, in, you know, decentralized apps in that space. The once the wallet sizes grew of these projects, I mean, so much traction comes from from that one metric, because like the price goes, it's, I mean, the, the developers come in and, and I think that that's about to or is kind of happening with Cardano right now. Yeah, um, it reminds me a lot of Ethereum and pre pre blow up, like early 2017 uh, Ethereum vibes, a lot of um, yeah. So it's exciting, but we could be our own worst enemy because we're growing at such a fast pace that everybody wants everything right now and it's not available. It, it's just not. It's just the truth of the matter. Does the chain work flawlessly? Absolutely. Have we ever stopped running? No. And there's chains out there that have. Yeah, um, exactly. So everything's running smooth. The thing with Cardano is, is everything takes time because we want it to work right. So you have these people working on the back end right now um, with the Plutus back end. It, you might not see it. Sorry. It's all good, guys. Hero is a popular guy. So I appreciate you coming on the show and taking the time. Um, so you're going to see a lot of like 
development start to happen and then and then we'll see where we're at with challenges right because it is an extended utxo model so you have a lot of these developers who are used to writing on ethereum it's totally different 100 percent different um there's no ledger state uh you have to have inputs and outputs which is, gets real technical which is be like yeah. one of those things that i don't explain very well but i understand it so we'll see where we're at and two or three months. And I think we're going to be very happy with where we're at. I do too. Um, so how do you view the balance? Cause I've thought about Twitter spaces a lot recently. I think that it's a very good model. I think it's a healthy model. I love the shows that are out there, but let's say a guy like me wants to start a Twitter space on a time that isn't interfering with, you know, Cardano coffee in the morning. Start one then. <laughs> I know. I'm just, I'm just But um, basically like, how do you view, because you're like a moderator pretty much, right? Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. I just, I steer the chat in a direction, crack a joke here and there, uh, throw somebody out if I need to, you know, just that's kind cool. of moderate it is and really. What I like about you, Hero, too, is you're not afraid to throw somebody out if you need to. And I listen a lot, man. And I was going to ask you, how do you view the balance between projects kind of adding value to a conversation and then projects shilling? I don't know <laughs> to, to give you the truthful answer. I don't know. There's a line you, you can tell. Um, you can just yeah. tell. I've been I around long enough that I can tell. And I could tell when you step in and be like, Hey, listen, buddy, like <laughs> love you. But you know, you've been talking for about 50 minutes. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> you just, you, you could feel it. Like you, you want to keep the conversation moving. It's, it's just about filling it. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just got to feel what's going on and, there's so Look at the many room. listeners sometimes on these spaces all of a sudden they've grown so quick and yeah. it's like now all these projects are getting in and they get this one moment to talk and it's like they talk for only a minute and and i can see why they would want to highlight their project but it also can be like that when there's five or six um projects that do that in a row i notice you get like not irritated but also kind of like okay we gotta we gotta hey look gotta let's, move reel on. This in. let's reel this in because that's not the point of this <laughs> that's not the only point and, and the thing is is I, I created a process for if you want to come talk about your show come talk about it but there's a form you need to fill out you need to give me 24 hour notice so that me or one of the three other co-hosts can look at your project and make sure that you're not trying to take people's card on because let's be honest yeah there's a lot of money grabs out there and I do not want to be responsible for somebody's ADA being lost because somebody came on my show yeah um, so it's, it's, uh, it's a rough line. I'm getting that too. I'm starting to get that now that I'm kind of growing in Cardano. I was getting it before and it's really hard to tell. And I'm still navigating those waters because sometimes I'll post something and the project will DM me and, and it's, it's just it's tough. Rough. To I'm like, and usually I'm good though. Cause if I get someone on my show, I know how to like definitely not talk about their project if I need to. And just talk yeah. about like Cardano and extract as much value for the audience as possible about the bigger conversations. But I could definitely see how that could be a, a balancing act as a mod. It, um, it's, it's probably the hardest part, truthfully. So, yeah, and I feel like is. as you get more people listening to learn, it's going to be even tougher because more projects are going to see that as a gold mine to to shill. But yeah. um, not to not you know I just respect the way that you've been doing it, and I'm excited to see how you continue to do it as your show grows. 
Yeah. I mean, we've been averaging when I first started, it was funny when I first started out, there was like maybe 10 people, right? Like there'd be 10 people that show up every day, that's slowly crazy. started to grow. That's got to feel so different now. Yeah. I've, I think last week we averaged 102 people per yeah. show. So, you know, pretty good growth in three months. We've only been doing it for three months now. So that's crazy, man. Well, yeah. But, um, uh, okay. So, Let's see. Oh, another thing too, I just want to like say, you know, I appreciate you for this too, is you do a great job when anybody starts to talk about somebody, like whether it's a, a YouTuber or a project and, and, and they say like a negative thing about it, you tend to hop in too and say like, Hey, look, we don't want that here. Like sometimes, because I feel like, you know, that's a really admirable thing that you're doing on your show and it keeps everything pretty safe. Yeah. I, I we're all in the same boat. Yeah. rowing the same direction right and we're we all have opinions and we might not all agree and that's okay um right but we don't need to refer to each other as you know things that they're not right everybody's entitled to their opinion so and i always say too like everyone's still learning like yeah. no such thing as a crypto expert because nope. it, it's it's still growing and learning so i thought that i had three months ago I might not even think the same thing today. And I think a lot of people feel the same way because you see things launch at first and some succeed, some fail, and you see what caused that to fail. And now the next thing that does that, you say, oh, wow, I, I think that that's bad practices. And you just yeah. learn. People are all you, you do. Like the big thing in crypto, right? Do your own research. But how do you do your own research, right? You got to learn how to do your own research. And I always like, when I first got in crypto, I thought doing my own research was like, watching the YouTuber, you know, I'm going to go watch you. That's what's doing my research. Then you learn like, you know, not, not only YouTubers, just influencers in general, they have, some of them have an agenda, you know, they, they're being paid or whatever, you know, which is fine. That's great. You should get paid. And as long as you tell the people, Hey, this is a paid promotion. Not all of them do that though. So you yeah. learn that just watching a YouTuber or listening to an influence isn't doing your own research. Then you learn how to go read a white paper and you learn how to reach out to the team going through a discord. Yeah. Yeah. And talk to the team members. That's doing your own research, right? Not so much just listening to somebody, whether it's me on Twitter spaces or you on YouTube. It's so hard too. And I, I say the same thing. I really do. I'm not just saying that. I really do say yeah. the same things. And the thing is too, I've shifted years and I think a lot of people have, to not necessarily being the main like research source instead just pointing out new things that are happening to expose people to different ideas and opinions and i feel like that puts um content creators in a safer position because yeah. you you know what i mean like talking yeah, absolutely. to friends fun stuff but um and that's what i try to do on our twitter spaces try to have fun be educational have fun and give a space for the community to teach the community about the community somebody once told me that if, if you want to succeed in in a crypto community show them the crypto community i like that um actually it's funny because one comment i did write down i wanted to get in there was this is something that you might be able to relate to, honestly. And I say this a lot to younger people like myself. And, and I'm not saying that you're old here. <laughs> I am old. But, uh, I'm old. It's okay. I, 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 I woke up and my back hurt, dude. I'm old. It depends on your spirit. But one thing I like to say is like, you know, I hear maybe my dad or, or even when my grandparents were still alive, just like, 
the way that they talked about certain things going, you know, having dinner every, it, things have changed a bit. Having dinner or like, or even people that are religious go into religious group community meetings. And I talked about this with the founder of Derp Birds, Dave, and he was, he was wicked energetic. I loved him on the show. Um, I like, I like Derp Birds. I like all NFTs. I'm an NFT DJ. So go ahead, continue. Sorry. (laughs) But anyways, we were discussing this. It's funny because my generation, I I've seen I I played sports and and I've done other things that have allowed me to have some sort of community feel. But I do see since COVID two happened, there's this like lack of and some people couldn't even go to church when COVID was kind of depending on where you were, and there was almost this lack of community. And what's great about NFTs, what's great about what you're doing is like the Twitter spaces, I've seen people tweet sometimes about your Twitter space and say, man, I, you know, I'm going through a rough time in life. I'm so happy that I have people that I can just converse with and listen to and be part of a community by going to the Twitter space. Same thing in the discords. It's being around like-minded people, right? I mean, we're all in crypto for a reason. We all kind of have a little bit of the same thought process. So why not hang out with those people, even whether it's through Twitter spaces or Telegram, Discord, you know, there's lots of ways to hang out and talk to each other and and learn and grow from each other. You know how much I've learned from Twitter spaces? Like my knowledge base has grown like immensely, immensely. Awesome. And, and about a lot of things that I probably never wanted to learn either. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Sometimes I'm listening to stuff. I'm like, huh. We talked about quantum computing the other day, and I learned some things there, which was very interesting. So interesting. I didn't talk. I just listened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Man. That's Well, that's all I do right now, but eventually maybe I'll get into it. So if I, if I may just shift to crypto and NFTs, let's see here. Okay, so one thing I did want to ask you on your just opinion, not necessarily no financial advice here on the show. I always say that, but if there's somebody that's crypto savvy, hasn't gotten into Cardano yet, and they're debating whether to hold ADA or get into some of these NFT projects, what do you say to them? They open up their first Cardano wallet. They, they have ADA, they have a bunch of it and they're crypto savvy and they're getting into the community and they're thinking, oh, wow, you know, should I hold ADA? Cause right now we're in a bull run and things could, you know, get crazy. And, or should I just dip my toes in some of these NFT projects? What do you say? Build saying? a plan, build a plan, whatever you want to do, build a plan, stick to it. If it's buying NFTs, build a plan. How much can I spend? If that goes past, if I buy that NFT, at what value do I sell it? If it goes down, do I hold it? Know what you're going to do before you do it. That's as simple as it is. Know what you're going to do before you do it. I like that. And I don't think much more needs to be said on that, but. No, um, it's, it, it goes to every aspect of investing, even, even in traditional markets. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's where I, I was like, dang, that's like a very core value for any investor. When I heard you just say that um, for any, you know, disciplined, maybe like long, longevitous investor. I, I've done the day trading a little bit. I lost money. Um, I know how to read charts. I know how to do all that. So, right. Yeah. So um, I've done kind of a little bit of everything in the crypto space. Uh, just yeah. have a plan. Whether what whatever you're gonna do, have a plan. Don't 
and, and when you're trading like that, like emotions, that's why you don't want, you don't want emotions involved because you make emotional decisions. So if you're buying and selling, whether it's NFTs or crypto, you need a plan so that you don't have emotion involved so that you always know what's, what's the next step that's going to happen. If this happens, this is what I'm going to do. If this happens, this is what I'm going to do. It's so important. Yeah. Um, if, if you let emotions, yeah. emotions get involved, you'll get wrecked. It's from a mental health standpoint too. I, I remember when I was first starting my YouTube and there was this like instance where like, I, I won't, I, I don't remember what happened. I made some money and then I lost it. And it was basically, I talked about it on my channel because I like to share my experience. From a mental health standpoint, it really sucks. If you go in without a plan and like your emotions get involved and you, and you blunder that on like something that's just maybe some sort of greed because I think greed comes out in these bullets. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. And it's, it's something that, you know, it's, it's important to really like believe it from, I, I do what you got to do. Like sometimes learning is, is the best way to yeah. be better, but. But just have a plan. That's, that's my best advice. Even in life, just have a plan. Right. Whatever it is, have a plan. So let's say that you're an official Cardano spokesperson. Okay. You're like Charles right-hand man. Let's say <sighs> you work for Charles, you're his right-hand man. And you're asked by an experienced crypto enthusiast. Again, similar question to the last. Um, he's not into Cardano yet, but he's looking at these layer ones. What is your, what makes Cardano? And he asked, what makes Cardano special? What's your 30 second elevator pitch for number one, the fundamentals uh, or a community. And then number two, another 30 second elevator pitch for the actual, what makes Cardano different as a blockchain than other blockchains? That's rough. Um, I try so... to ask the tough questions here, Hira. <laughs> I see that. Um, my 30 second elevator pitch. So Cardano is a proof of stake versus a proof of work. So it's energy efficient, um, which I think is important to, you know, the future of what we're trying to do. We're, we're trying Cardano as a whole is trying to change what is necessarily happening where there's a lot of people who are unbanked in the world. Um, and we're trying to get financial banking to those people through different services. Uh, damn, man. Also, on the spot. One, one thing to throw at you too is feel free to talk about like different partnerships that Cardano has made yeah. in like sectors of the market that other blockchains, like maybe I want to say them to be honest, if that's all right, like Binance, Marchain, Solana, um, some of these other third I call them third gen blockchains. I don't even know what generation we're on, to be honest, but I would yeah. say Cardano a third gen. Maybe it's yeah. third gen, but I would say third gen. Um, technically, I would, I would call it third generation because Binance right. Smart Chain is technically a copy of the Ethereum blockchain. Um, yeah. A lot of those other blockchains are mere copies. There's some variances here and there that they change codes and things, but um, we are a third generation blockchain. Um, so we take the best of the both, a lot of the worlds, right? We take the extended UTXO model. We take the UTXO model and create an extended UTXO model. So now you have the Bitcoin model for your security and you're using smart contracts on it with the same amount of security. Um, so now you're valued as a, as a company, you have security. Some of the partnerships, you know, World Mobile Token is trying to create internet service in Africa. Um, one of the global markets that's up and coming, you know, um, if you look back at China in the 70s and 80s, they were kind of a, 
a dead country. There wasn't much money there, um, but they were very young in population. And now look at them there. You know, the economy is huge, right? The average age in Africa is like 19 to 23. Um, all have cell phones, um, all very technical, technical savvy. So there's a lot of upcoming markets in Africa and Cardano is focusing on this. We have deals in certain nations to do their IDs for schools, for um, World Mobile Token, like I said, is trying to bring internet service to rural locations that are going to create marketplaces for these people that they've never had access to. Um, and you go farther than that. Now that they have internet service, you can bank them, right? You can bring Cardano in and say, well, now we have electronic money for you to use. You don't have to have a bank. And you have RealFi coming, which is, you know, a little different than DeFi, but it's kind of the same concept, except for it's going to be used in the real world. Uh, because <laughs> there is going to be, you know, with a taller prism, people, let's be honest, you're not going to get away from the government and banks knowing who you are, right? So yeah. you're going to have to have something like a taller prism. It's just the way that life is. Um, and we're the only one that offers that on a layer one. What is a teleprism? A teleprism is identity solution, right? Built on the blockchain, on the layer one. So any native asset can use a teleprism as a KYC, right? Um, think of your ID, your digital ID. Yeah. It's pretty much what it is. Um, that's interesting. So like what I got out of that is something about Cardano that I think is still just under promoted or talked about, or even just people aren't aware of that I'd like to bring is this amount of depth. I mean, it's, it's, it's the fact that they're picking upcoming, you know, developing places to really solidify their partnerships and deals with, and the resources that they're, they're putting into, to the, you know, the research of uh, finding those things. And, and it's just going to become an integral part of so many people's actual world where mm -hmm. that kind of depth, I just don't see in a lot of other, like of the top tier blockchain. So I'm glad that you um, kind of talked about that. And, and another giant selling point to me is Catalyst, the Catalyst project. Do you know much about that? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's sick. Can you talk about that? Yeah. Yeah. So the Catalyst project is pretty much where if you have a project that you want to go get funded at, uh, you go put, build a proposal. Uh, the people will help you that get paid in ADA. So even if you want to like critique people's proposals and help them build their proposals, you can get paid that way. There's like nine different ways you can get paid in ADA via the Catalyst program, right? The biggest thing though is these proposals that you can go submit. The community then will vote on it with their ADA voting power and you can get funded. I think this next fund has $8 million to give out. $8 million to give out like, let that sink in. What other blockchain is giving $8 million to the community to go build on it? One thing, too, I wanted to ask about that is, could this be any idea or project, like an NFT project or <laughs> a DAP? Could it be anything? Any, anything that you want. Now, the community might not vote for it. Like, if you put, I want to build an NFT project of, I don't know, teddy bears. Yeah, the, so, the, the community is going to vote on it, right? I always say. You, you know, so, and there's different, um, I forget what they call them, different uh, challenges. So like they, they certain, certain categories, like I think one of them right now that is real big is like AI. So if you have anything that you're trying to build on AI, like go get involved this, this category, this 
round. Um, but pretty much anything goes, uh, and it usually will fit in some type of category because um, there's like seven or eight of them. But doesn't mean the vote community is going to vote on it and fund it, right? So you're not just going to walk in there and be like, oh, I want to build an NFT project. And it's a lot of work to get funded. How do you become part of the vetting process or that other side, not the project trying to get the funding, but the actual vetting process for this? That I don't know off the top of my head, but uh, okay. I can point you in a direction where you can get that information. And that would be every Wednesday, IOHK has a community catalyst YouTube, like Zoom meeting, where anybody who wants to be involved can come and talk and ask questions. They have discords. They're very active on Twitter. My friend, uh, Lido Nation, who comes on my Twitter spaces, show up there. You have any questions on Catalyst, he'll be able to answer them for you. Um, reach out to me. I can get an answer after the show if anybody wants to. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Reach. I'll put uh, anything that Hero sends me to or I ask for it, I'll put down there, but especially his Twitter. Great resource. Um, that's so interesting. Okay. So, so another thing too, that I wanted to talk to you about was, all right, I don't want to ask the last question just yet, but let me say this. Let me just uh, dive deeper into the catalyst um, kind of idea or just around that, because what I see as potential, and I've talked about this too, I did a interview with hype schools. Um, yeah. I, I like know. hype schools. Did you? Yeah. I don't know if you caught that, but. And I was kind of asking them this because I know that there's a lot of, I know some, I'll just say that. And I'd be happy to, if you want to stick around after we do the recording too, I'll just talk to you about some stuff. But I know that there's a lot of like celebrities, B-list maybe, and, and athletes too, B-list, you know, who want to get involved with creating really like utility NFTs. They're not like the big namers maybe, but they know that they have an, a fan base or an audience of 10,000 to 900,000 people that really love them and give them some real utility, which is number one, something I noticed in early NFT uh, markets that there's a lack of too, is like that utility piece. Uh, it, it's so important. And I know- uh, I, I could argue that point. All right, well, let's argue it, but let's save the argument for like a little- for, Yeah. And I feel like we might come to the same conclusion because- yeah, Probably, in the long run, we probably right. would. It's all great. It depends on what's happening. But, it depends on if it's art or if it's, you know. So anyhow, continue. continue. Yeah. Um, so basically what I see is like this demand to get involved. I think that Ethereum is kind of getting saturated. I think that Cardano is much more affordable. It's another option that's much more affordable for these people. And I think that them coming to Cardano to do this, and I'll talk about the barriers to this is what the question is going to be. We'll bring a lot of exposure to Cardano because their fan base will get in on Cardano. But they have this, they have this barrier of entry where, number one, even if they're partnered with an entrepreneur who knows Cardano, like knows NFTs at least and can help them design a way to do this, the two things that I asked hype schools about was if they need a design piece and then an actual blockchain piece. So let's say that there's a partnership between an athlete and an entrepreneur, they have an idea and they don't go to catalyst. Is there like a platform that they can just like partner with or team up with? And I know of, I think one or two, but I just want to get your take where they can like literally just go to the platform, give them a percentage of what they make on the deal 
And, and I just think that that would really flow in a lot of like celebrities and athletes if they could just put their idea, get the blockchain piece, get the artist piece and put that out. Have you seen anything like that? I haven't. Um, off my knowledge now, I don't know everything. So uh, I don't know of anything off the top of my head. Uh, I'm hoping you have something so you could tell me and I learned something. <laughs> I do. I, I don't remember the name of it. I'm sorry. I'll have to look it up. But I'll send you. Um, the other thing is like, let's go back to that utility piece. So you said that you disagree with that. So let me open the floor up to you on, on why. Listen, if there's a one-on-one piece of art by an artist like Jason Matias or somebody, I don't need utility. The art is its utility in its own. Yeah, I can Now, see. not all, not everything you're seeing dropping on the blockchain is amazing art that you know what i mean so yeah there are certain things to utility i think it's great that we're using nfts for utility in this way we're using art and then finding utility with that art right so you're combining utility and art i think art is a standalone on itself utility now you're adding utility to the other utility if that kind of makes sense okay I, yeah, I mean, I, I think where my point of view was kind of crossing paths was just, there is a lot of people who see that there is a huge amount of investors right now in the NFT space on Cardano. Mm -hmm. And there are projects that don't really plan to have a long-term kind of, you know, experience for the people that collect and they hire somebody from five i don't know if you know fiverr i know trust me i know yeah i know about, so they hire I know about what's going on there yeah. that comes down to doing your own research though like you, you get in with the community and you know whether you're investing for utility or revesting because you like just like the art there's there's certain projects that have utility that i just like the artwork like i just like the artwork so i don't you care do. if they give me an airdrop or anything you, you yeah. are like a collector. Yeah. Well, my collector, I started collecting when I was young. Baseball cards, man, back in the early 80s. Uh, yep. So my, my collection has, I still collect baseball cards to this day. Um, I, mean, I have Mickey Mantles and Babe Bruce. And, you know, I have a very vast collection of, and even autographs and stuff like that. So my collecting is an addiction from a long time ago. Do you buy, uh, do you have like a lot of graded stuff? Do you grade it yourself? Do you collect stuff that's graded? I, I have graded stuff. Um, I think my, my Mickey Mantle, 68 tops Mickey Mantle is graded an eight. Um, it's a little off center. So I do graded, I do ungraded, a little bit of everything. So. I hear you, man. Yeah, I have a background in, in uh, basketball card investing. So okay. yeah, yeah, cool. I've, I've had some basketball cards, uh, never really anything really great because I don't know if you ever got involved with the Facebook groups, right? Where they would do random, like, you know, pack pools on Facebook via live and stuff. Yeah. So I would buy teams and last five yeah. years, I feel like that's kind of been bigger, but yeah. 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 So I got involved in that probably how that was pre crypto. That's how I got into crypto. And I, I'm a, I'm akin to that because I have that collector DNA as well. I love collecting. I collected Pokemon cards. I collected Yu-Gi-Oh cards as a kid. And I couldn't get enough of it, man. And when NFTs came out, I was like, okay, this is so perfect. Yeah, this it's collecting on on the blockchain, man. Like I, can't get I own these and no one else can claim that they own them because I own them. I got the keys to them. So like it's it's like when you think about it, NFTs and collecting are just like 
They were a match made in heaven. Yeah. And, and the great thing is, is NFTs are just getting started. Wait until you see fractionalized real estate and, you know, fractionalized stock in an NFTs. And it's, we're just, we're just getting started. Yeah. And we've seen projects like Realty. I don't know if you're aware of them on Ethereum. Um, yeah, I've heard of them. I don't know much about them, but I've heard of them. I don't think that they have NFTs fractionalized, but they have just tokens that fractionalize real estate properties. We, I mean, if you're in the U.S., you can't buy them because, I know. It's yeah. not, you know. <laughs> SEC, they, they would have something to say about that probably. But there's actually a, Sebastian from DC Spark did an open source on fractionalization of NFTs, and it is posted on their GitHub, I believe. So if you're interested in... Uh, you know, yeah. the developing side of that, that's a place you can go do you think check out. That, do you think that the fractionalization will, because something that I'm interested in Cardano for is this overarching availability of different languages. Do you think that that's going to really help speed up the process of, I mean, okay, I'll, I'll tailor it to this, obviously fractionalization opposed to other blockchains not having that capability. Are those two things related in, in any way? I don't know. Possibly. I never really thought of it like that. It's kind That's of a what feels to me, man. When I learned yeah. that they have different languages and these other blockchains only have like solidity sometimes, yeah. like Ethereum, for example. Yeah. Um, another thing too, do you know if Ethereum 2.0 plans to roll out other languages or is that kind of a niche thing that Cardano is going to be able to hold the thing for? for I while? think eventually, you know, you'll see them do that, right? If this is a success for Cardano where you're able to write you know, first one's probably going to be the M1 side chain. And then you have Yella coming, right? Which is going to include your JavaScripts and all that. It's going to take a while because libraries have to be built and that type of thing. But it's it's a game changer. It's a game changer. It's a game changer. It changes the game, right? Because any developer will be able to come and write on the blockchain. That's never been done anywhere. And I don't, have you seen Marlowe at all? Um, no, I haven't looked into it. <laughs> I'll blow your mind. Go look at Marlowe Playground. M-A-R-L-O-W-E. You will be able to write a financial contract by using a Blockly style drag and drop. Oh, that's sick. Okay. So it's so, like bringing entrepreneurs with no coding language into the blockchain. Yeah. Being able to design stuff. I will yeah. only check that out. Yeah, and and you can go play around with it right now. There's it's called the Marlowe Playground. Um, Maybe I'll do that as a video, just like and post it. Honestly, <laughs> I suggest you do because not a lot of people know about it, and I think it's like the most amazing. It's one of the reasons I was like, oh my god, Cardano! Like, wow, it was one of those points that I was like, wow, this is a game changer. Like, this is different than all the others. Because like, like that idea, I've heard of before, but. It seems like a lot of these things may be possible quicker on Cardano just because of their footing with. Oh, you say quicker. I say it's been a long time. We've been at this since 2017. But I feel like you guys started with uh, what I mean is, and I think you'll appreciate this. <laughs> you guys started with like building a supercar. I, I say this sometimes. And I listen, I appreciate Ethereum. I think that it's amazing. Uh, entrepreneurial yeah i have no problems with ethereum i'm not a maxi not and i love all these other blockchains i love crypto and the thing is i think ethereum i say sometimes not in a demeaning way just in a funny joking way it's like a 2012 camry that like a high schooler buys for the first car <laughs> and like they're trying to make it into a supercar 
But Cardano, I use this concept a lot, is like a real design supercar from the get. Yeah, I mean, you, when you're using Haskell to to use this as a base layer, like which is like using, a AI coding language, correct? For yeah. audience, it's yeah. it's a. Uh, I mean, it's it's proven that Haskell. You, I can't remember the proper term for it. Oh my god, dropping the ball. No, it's um, it's it's a proven language, right? Like mathematically proven. So it's the base layer. So like when you write something, you know that it's going to work. So that's all. And it's it's very niche. But now that we're going to be able, like you know, M1 side chain, yellow libraries, bringing in JavaScript, it's and now you still have that base layer of Haskell and that security. It's a game changer. What do you think, if I may ask you a, a couple of projects and feel free if you don't want to answer, but what do you think of uh, Pavia or what have you heard about Pavia? Because we see Facebook doing meta and we see all these. I, plays. I've seen people in my telegram like going crazy over it. Uh, I don't know anything about it. So I, I reserve the right to not say anything because I don't, I see people in my telegram talking about it. Like they bought some and I haven't just haven't had a chance to look at it. Like sometimes there's not enough hours in the day. So the way I view it, just for the audience, um, it's kind of like the initial land sale for uh, something like a Decentraland, but on Cardano is simply what it is. Yeah, and and my kind of, what I do with things like that, right, is if you want to gamble, because it's, they're promising you something, right? If you want to gamble, you have a gamble bag, sure, go right ahead. Don't put your life savings into it. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I don't know anything about it, but that's just my general rule for anything, so... I would tell you the same on any any drop anywhere. If you want to gamble, and it's not even a gamble sometimes. You know what I'm trying to say. Research. Yeah. Do your damn research. Yeah, there's some teams that have proven themselves a bit. What do yeah. you think about Solana as a blockchain? And what do you think about it, like, doing all these things with gaming companies? And, and where do you see that in comparison? Not comparison, but just with Cardano's development. Do you think that that's kind of overrated? Or do you think that that's something that also could be sustainable while Cardano is building? I think that Solana has its use, right? Um, It's got very fast throughput. Uh, It is centralized. That's very well known. Um, But if I'm a big, gigantic, multi-billion dollar company, uh, I don't mind using a centralized service. Uh, So... To me, it's the same. It's the same old just now on blockchain, right? Same old centralized kind of thing. They can shut it down if they want. They can stop your money if they want or whatever, you know, they want to do. Um, is there a use for it? Absolutely. Are you going to see centralized chains like Solana probably succeed? Absolutely. Um, do I invest in it? No, I, I believe a lot in decentralization and power to the edges. So what do you think, if I may just, I, I, most of these questions right now are off the top because I just love talking to you here, I got to say. Uh, what do you think about Facebook's move to the metaverse? Because there's a lot of controversy. And I, I just think they're to- smart, right? I mean, this is the future. It's the future. As a business, it's the future. Do I like Facebook? Do I want them to be involved in it? No. But, I'm also with you on that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, are they smart? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's If I had the money they had, that's where I'd be headed. Like, let's... That's- have you built the Oculus yet? Uh, yeah, I have an Oculus too. Yeah. yeah. So like, I mean, it's amazing. Now. <laughs> it's just. Yeah. Have you, uh, do you know about Worlds Within NFT? Yeah, I actually minted one. 
okay. So, yeah, yeah I mean, we're out. getting there. We're getting but, there. Yeah. No, yeah, it's cool what they did. I, Vince and Wood, Weir Woodsy, I actually uh, introduced the two of them, uh, the two project managers on that. So uh, I'll oh. be at Twitter spaces. So I, Weird Woodsy came in and started asking me questions one night. And this was way back when I first started Twitter spaces. He's, and I was like, I don't know much about VR and blockchain, but I know the person for you. And I pointed him towards Vince. And I said, you two go talk. And, you know, look what came of it. And I'm like, it's cool. Like, I'm just glad I got to play a little part in it. So Hero is the plug. <laughs> the actor. Um, I've been around, so I know what people are involved in. You know what I mean? I know a lot of people. So I'm but, a good resource. Yeah, that's that's another reason. I just like, when I was thinking of, you know, reaching out to you and, and talk, talking about, you know, if you had any thoughts of making the space of podcast and stuff, I was like, this guy is an amazing resource for people to have. Um. <laughs> So just real quick with Worlds Within, it's like this NFT project, Hero, you can elaborate um, on it too, but it's like when you own one of these NFTs, you're basically, you're owning like a virtual reality planet or world or space that you can go into. Uh, is that kind of correct? Yeah. Yeah. You, you can either use your VR uh, headset and use it as VR and go walk around in the world, or you can even just do it from pool PM with your keypad and go explore your world. And there's many different verse. Some are foggy. Some have snow. The sunsets in them are amazing. Like if you go watch the sunset, I could just go watch the sunset and sunrise in that world. Like, and it's beautiful. It was sunsets and sunrise. Yeah. yeah, That's crazy. Can you put stuff in there yet? Or is that, I don't think not yet, but we'll see those guys are really smart. And, uh, I'm excited to see what, what they grow into in the future. They have plans too. So check them out. Like the no plug for me, like do your own research, but yeah, they're, they're good guys and, and they'll, they work hard. So, and that's a good sign. That's one of your doing your own research things is what's the team and how hard do they work? So I'm on the last two questions just cause I don't want to keep it. I don't want to, you know, keep you too long, but I also don't want to make it too long. I'd love to have you back on the show though, eventually. But um, my second to last question would kind of be um darn i just forgot my second half question it was a, that all the time? Was, a dollar for every time i did that i'd be an eight a millionaire shoots okay i'll ask you this last question and then if i remember while you're speaking yeah. but i'll ask the second to last question but uh oh i remember okay cool so Basically, blue chip NFT projects, that's a terminology I've heard a lot of people outside the Cardano space and just a lot of people maybe even outside the crypto space that are, you know, either celebrities or just getting into NFTs more so than crypto. They kind of demonize that because it's so early and maybe rightly so. I mean, it is early to call anything a blue chip. But what are some of the projects that you would say you think maybe blue chip or have proven themselves to you as just like an NFT collector that people can kind of research themselves? Um, well, first off, the, there is a blue chip. There's only one blue chip in my mind as of right now, and that's the berries. Um, it's the first NFTs on the blockchain. The berries was the first? It was the first. Because I covered, I didn't know what the heck those were. I thought that it was like a big. I those were the first were NFTs expensive. on the blockchain. They were so expensive that I didn't know what was going yeah. on. Yeah, that's that's why they're expensive. Is because they were literally uh, Alessandro 
is a great, great developer and very smart person. And he created the first NFTs, printed them the day that the first day that they were available to be printed, like was on it as soon as the hard fork was finished. So I remember watching them print. I'm like, oh my God, I wish I, and then he gave them, I'm pretty sure he gave them away. Like that's what I think the story is. I, I didn't get involved in it because I was kind of, I wasn't, that's hell. I've done I had a rough time going on in my life at that point. Uh, uh, kind of I don't want to talk about it but so so I kind of didn't get involved in that but that's the blue chip in my eyes right I'm you know you've got your space buds your unsigned algorithms uh Cardano kids was one of the first ones that a lot of people just don't think about right uh I actually ordered my Cardano kids first series before you could even buy NFTs on Cardano so like I sent them money in hopes that they were going to send me an NFT yeah, and they did. So uh, that to me, that's a blue chip, right? Not to everybody, um, but I'm a big garbage pal kids, and that's where they came from. So, oh, okay. uh, berries, space buds. Um, man, there's so many good ones. It's like hard to even like say blue chip because I am that guy that owns like a lot of everything or at least one of everything so so it's all it's hard for as many as you do but i definitely like to um what what about um some of the newer ones like one that i really liked was like maybe not super new but definitely something that's interesting was uh and and i own one full disclosure is dead pixels because they were able to create like an interactive oh yeah i i don't own any um but i definitely like what they're doing right Uh, i don't own a space but either i missed the boat on that um and dirt but that's okay about obviously dave um dead pixels i i missed it but i like what they're doing i think it's definitely could be one of those blue chip projects in the futures sure um okay that's pretty cool man so i'll ask you a qu- the last question i like to ask this now i asked it my last interview now now, now you want to know what the before i give you that right i'm gonna i'm gonna show something that you probably don't know about you know i have an nft drop coming up in december oh What's did that? i just drop the date did you know i have an nft drop in december coming no i didn't oh i just told you a date that no one else knows here it's december I mean, the, the project's known about um, but the, when it's dropping has been kind of a secret as I've been working on this since July. So it's very based off of baseball cards um, cool, man. and it's based off of heroes and it's based off of right now I have five sports with two players each and it tells what they did outside of the sports. Oh, Not man. so much the, you, you know, the charity work they did after our interview, by the way, let me just. So uh, that'll be dropping here soon. Um, and there's also non-sports categories. So there's what I deem as heroes that are not non-sports also involved. <laughs> That's so, okay. You're going to know why I'm freaking out, but that is literally what I see a huge gap for is like telling people a story about mm-hmm. these characters. And I think the projects that do this will be incredibly successful. That's yeah. very and, and there's five rarities, like each player has five rarities and the story changes on each rarity. Okay. So you, to, to know the whole story, you have to collect all of them. And there's only one, there's a one-on-one. So only one person can own the whole entire story. And there may be some benefits for you if you own the whole entire story. I don't, I don't know yet. We'll see what happens. Can't give it all away. 
exactly. Um, so that's exciting. That is exciting. Wow. It, it won't ever be a blue chip because it's a collectible. It's I I no value. It's you take them and throw them away after you're done collecting them if you want. Um, that's my goal is a collectible like baseball cards. With you know, I'm not promising anything. Um, I do have other seasons planned. This has been a process for three months that I've been planning out. Right. Uh, And there are benefits for certain people, but I'm not, there's no, like, I don't want no damn hype. (laughs) Yeah. I don't want no no hype. So that's why I've kept it quiet. So that's like, okay. I'm we'll stick around after, but yeah, we can talk um, sometime. Last question. I think this is a meaningful one. I, I, I hope it's a meaningful one. And it's going to be cool to get it from your perspective since you're in the Cardano community so deep. Um, if you died tomorrow, okay, what would you like this, this uh, blooming or budding wherever it is Cardano space to like just really remember you by? And like the records are there, the Twitter spaces are there, people know and the legend of hero, what would you like? It will continue through whispers amongst, you know, small gatherings, of course. And what would you like them to be talking about and remember you by? I would hope that they would talk about that, that I was an honest person and that I tried to help as many people as I could uh, in their journey. That's what I would hope. That's awesome. That's it. That's it. Short, quick. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So heroes, uh, we can stick around and talk. That's um, that's the show though. So Hero, thanks so much for coming on to the J Crypto Show. J Crypto subscribers, thanks so much for tuning in. And um, yeah, thanks for sharing everything with us, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. End of blast. Appreciate it. That's awesome. So I'll I'll pause the recording. And yeah. all right, guys. So as always, that's it. Take care.